Thank you for listening to the podcasts of Grace Anglican Church in Grove City, Pennsylvania. If you've been helped by these podcasts, we encourage you to help us conclude 2022 in a strong financial position. Please make a generous donation to Grace Anglican. You can find out how to do so on our website at graceanglicanonline.com and simply click the giving tab. Thank you so much for considering it. Well, over the past uh, 15 years or so, I've had the opportunity to travel to a variety of countries, and I've come to the realization that we as Americans are not the most singing of people. We're not the most singing of people. What what I mean by that, I've attended soccer matches in Brazil, and the crowd will go the whole game and not stop singing. I've walked through streets of Jerusalem after the Sabbath is over and heard great swaths of men and women rejoicing and singing. I've, I've been in Egypt and walking through the streets and, and heard singing. We, however, here in America, we don't seem to be as much of a singing people, are we? But things do seem to change a bit around the Christmas holidays. Uh, You'll go into a a restaurant like Timber Creek and you'll hear a variety of Christmas songs coming on over the the loudspeakers there. And and your table can debate whether it's good Christmas music or not, but at least you all heard of it. You you may go downtown and see a group of students walking through the street caroling and businesses even willing to have a bunch of junior hires and high schoolers come in for a few minutes to, to sing a song. We might go to a a Lessons in Carol service and and sing the wonderful hymns that we've known since our our youth, uh, as we did at Franklin or or this evening. We hear the the great scriptures read of the multitude of the heavenly hosts appearing to the shepherds and, and glorifying, singing to God, glory to God in the highest. And we become kind of a singing people. And I'm reminded over the, during this time of the year of, of the research work of uh, Dr. Lewis Thomas. A number of years ago, I, I heard of an essay written by the noted biologist and former dean of the New York School of Medicine. In the essay, Dr. Thomas notes that the human faculty for language is rooted in a specific collection of neurons located in the left hemisphere of the brain. Interestingly enough, This corresponds with a similar collection of neurons in a same section of the brain of a certain songbird. It is there in that location that the species learns the particular song of its kind. The bird learns the song as a nestling, a baby bird sung over while it's still in the nest. According to Dr. Thomas, if the bird hears the proper song at that stage, It will have it in its mind for life. The bird can then add its own arpeggios so that it is at one and the same time the song of the species and yet its own recognizable voice. Perceptively different from bird to bird, yet clearly the song of the species. But, writes the former dean of medicine, if the bird cannot hear the song as a youngster, The collection of neurons cannot compose the song on its own. Sadly enough, what comes out later, if the nestling has not been sung over in the nest, what comes out later if when the bird is ready for singing and mating is not the song of its species, but rather an unmelodious buzzing noise. 
You see, the song is not instinctive. The urge to sing is instinctive, but not the song. The little bird must be sung to if it is to sing the song itself. Now I'm reminded of this as we come to this time of the year when Christmas songs fill the, the, the waves. And I ask you, who was it that sang the first Christmas carol? Well, I would submit this evening that it was God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who has sung over us. Who has taught us this message. You see, the song of Christmas is not one that we as humans ever could have composed on our own. That God Himself would come near to us, not to judge, but to save, to rescue. That the great King, the great Creator of vast galaxies and tiny atoms would be born in obscure humility in Bethlehem so that He might rescue us from sin and death. That the tiny hand that grasped and reached for his mother's warmth would be the same hands that would be nailed to the cold, hard tree. That the the same uh, uh, body, baby, that was laid into the manger with the hay was the same body that was laid into the tomb in death. That the same God who burst into the world He created would be the same God who burst through death and came alive. Oh, my friends, this is not this story, this, this song does not come from us. It comes from Him. Planned before the foundation of the world. If we were to compose the song, I imagine it would be different. I'm sure it would star us. How through great willpower or human wit or ingenuity or invention, we manage to solve our every woe, even death itself. But the reality is that that all of our human efforts at self-help, grasping at eternal life or searching for some measure of peace that will last, well, all of these human efforts, in the end, they only come out as an unmelodious buzzing noise in our lives. But God has not left us in that state. In his great love, he has sung over us. As Paul writes, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. That's what we celebrate tonight. That's why we brave the cold Driving back in the snow, we come because we celebrate that the living God loves us and he adopts us. He calls us, each of us, by name and calls us his own that we might live with him forever. It's the glorious song of Christmas. Do you hear it tonight? Did you hear it in the readings, the hymns? Perhaps you'll encounter it at the table as God himself bids you come and eat. It's the glorious song of Christmas. Captivating for wayward sinners who have come to know his love and his care. Captivating. 
I'm reminded of uh, the first year as headmaster of Holy Trinity School down in Beaufort. I had hired a young lady um, to be our music teacher. Her name is Anna Booman, and, and she is a classically trained sopranist from the Manhattan School of Music. And I remember the first week of school, she was teaching a, a preschool class, and we heard this just most angelic voice coming down the hallway. And, and a number of us who were free at the time couldn't help but go in, and we peeked around the corner, and she was singing this beautiful opera piece, and you should have seen the three-year-olds. Just captivated, mesmerized, their eyes huge, their mouths open as they listened to her sing over them. My friends, God the Father sings over us with his love. And if he sings his love to your heart, you never forget it. You're captivated. You may very well be able to add your own arpeggios. Your own story of how God has reached into your life. And rescued you. And brought you to himself. But it's the song of Christmas. It's the song of glory and excelsius. Glory and the highest. The song of good news of great joy. The song of Christmas. My prayer tonight is that God would be pleased once again to sing his song of love for you and for me, that he would open our ears to hear it, and that hearing it, we would join in ourselves, that you would join in, maybe even for the very first time. And then as we go forth from here, and out into a world uh, full of unmelodious, buzzing noise. My prayer is that this song, the song of God's love manifested in Him becoming flesh so that He might live as one of us, that He might die for us, that He might rise again so that He could adopt us as His sons and daughters. That this song, this song of Christmas, might be upon our lips as we go forth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come your way.